If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, this week, when you listen to the broad public conversation, there's lots of uh, discussion in and around public safety, uh, drug decriminalization, uh, mental health and addiction as well. And we'll be, uh, Premier David Eby this week uh through a variety of interviews on this station and many other news organizations, uh, did hint that he's open to a province-wide approach to addressing uh, open drug use in public areas. This comes after uh, the latest debating conversation in the city of Nanaimo. Um, the city itself um, it was in discussion this week uh, in regards to um, a bylaw that would essentially um, you know, ban open use of drugs in public spaces. Uh, Leonard Krogh, the mayor of Nanaimo, was on uh, Jill Bennett's show earlier this week. Take a listen to what he had to say in regards to the conversation. I'm very happy to see it. And as I explained during my support of the motion, uh, for me, it's around a, a cry from the community uh, that we are feeling overwhelmed by what's happening in our streets. You can't tell me that there's public support for open public drug use uh, in the streets of the Nanaimo or any community. And this is a way of getting the province's attention. And it would appear, based on reports today, that, that Premier Eby and the government have, have heard the mayors on behalf of their respective communities across this province who want to see uh, restrictions placed on it if you're going to continue with this policy. We don't want our parks are public spaces populated by people openly taking drugs, which many regard as poison. Now, there are many other communities exploring uh, this issue as well, Campbell River, Penticton, and Prince George. Joining me now to talk a little bit about uh, a public drug use ban uh, is Katie Newstater. She's a Kamloops City Councillor. Katie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me back on, Jazz. I really appreciate the opportunity. It is is an ongoing issue, and it is not going away. Just for our Mm -hmm. listeners... uh, Explain to them uh, where Kamloops is today and sort of your journey as a councillor and as collectively a city council, what you did in your community. Sure, yeah. This is something that I've been championing here in Kamloops for a while now. I really appreciated small communities coming forward, small in numbers, places like Campbell River and Sycamoose initiating this conversation. And when I drafted this motion and brought it forward to our council, which supported it, the impetus really was let's drive a provincial conversation. It's time for municipalities to act in independence and be a voice that's reflective of the whole. So here in Kamloops, we have read our bylaw once. Um, and it will come and hopefully fully pass before the end of June. But it stipulates that open drug use, illicit substances, should not be used in parks, playgrounds, or on sidewalks within the city of Kamloops. What, what are you seeing in your community? We are seeing open drug use on a, a regular basis, somewhat uh, normalized. I certainly don't want to paint a picture that says this is everywhere or it is worse in Kamloops than other communities. This is something that we are seeing, yes, in Kamloops, but across the province and even across the country. But we can drive change from the local level, and that's the impetus here. And and the second piece of our bylaw that we're passing also says that we want to hear from Interior Health and other significant partners like the province what is being done to build up the other three pillars to ensure that harm reduction is successful. So we also need
need to drive this into the next phase that says, what are we doing to ensure that we can be successful in this area, that we aren't just marginalizing people who use drugs openly, but we're actually putting the things in place that we need to protect community as a whole. What do you think of this experiment with drug decriminalization? I think that it's a piece of harm reduction. It's certainly over my pay grade, Um, but I think it can be part of the solution, but it needs to have the guardrails in place to ensure that that happens and that we are not sacrificing community as a whole for a small part of the demographic. So meaning those who use drugs should not be prioritized over those who don't. Instead, we need community full solutions. So where decriminalization has been successful in other countries, it also mandates where those drugs can be used. We need to do that in BC as well. You said this is above your pay grade. I, I would say you're an elected official, but I also uh, know mm-hmm. you're, you're a parent as well. Uh, you would have a view on this. I mean, um, do you think we jumped into this collectively as a province too quickly? Um, and number two, you talked about guardrails. What specifically would you want to see? I wanted a bit more uh, explanation on that. Mm-hmm. And I would say maybe what we've seen is that there's a different definition of engagement uh, for some bodies than there are for others. And what we're hearing from the new municipal level is that we don't feel that that engagement was adequate. And maybe we also don't feel that the stipulations put in place are being met. So, again, part of the solution is clarifying where can these decriminalized drugs be used? The primary intention is to destigmatize people who use drugs, not the drugs that are used. But again, to be safe, we need to say where that happens. Because yes, I have three kids and they're all teenagers at this point. And we see this problem also leaking into their schools and being normalized in the spaces that they're in. You know, um, I have small nephews who have witnessed overdoses happening in spaces where children should be allowed. Instead of regulating where people who don't use drugs can be um, Mm. through driving them into spaces, instead, let's regulate that. And part of that solution is making sure that we create spaces where drugs can be tested, where people can use safely, and where wraparound services that lead into treatment options exist. Uh, do you think we jumped in this too quickly? I mean, from what I'm hearing from you and what you're hearing from your own community and many other communities in BC, mm-hmm. that perhaps we should, we should um, I'm not sure pause is the right word, but mm-hmm. a, certainly a, a rethink on how we go about this. Because if this is what experts are saying in the direction we need to go, but that perhaps we need greater guardrails, we need a, a, a mm-hmm. fundamental rethink on how we do this. Because, I mean, it, what you're doing in Kamloops and what they are they attempted in Maple Ridge and many other communities, this is an ongoing issue. And Premier Eby is now saying, well, wait a minute here. Yeah, maybe this is an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, would, you, would you be a supportive of a pause on this policy? Or do you think we can do this while continuing the d- drug decriminalization? Well, I'd say I'm truly grateful to hear our Premier recognizing the voices that are coming forward, and I think that is a huge step forward. I also think that we missed some opportunities here in decriminalization. We could have addressed what we were already seeing unfolding in our communities, and primarily the response that you're seeing coming from municipalities, you know, derives from before decriminalization. I think we can continue moving forward with that effort, but we have to build up those other supports. So here in Kamloops, we've also initiated a select committee to look at community policing. And, you know, my primary drive behind that and bringing that forward is that there are things that we can do to increase capacity for enforcement. And that's one of those pillars, again, that everything needs to be anchored in. So now we say, 
how do we move people safely from using drugs in places where it's not acceptable, where it shouldn't be acceptable, where no one thinks that it's good for community on whole? How do we move them to safe spaces? Because our CSOs, as we the program is called in Kamloops, other places bylaw, they don't have that authority to be able to do it. But there are mechanisms that we can put in place to build up that enforcement arm as well. Recognizing that RCMP is dramatically understaffed right now, and that capacity isn't going to be magically built overnight. So what can we do to leverage the resources that already This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So what would a safe place be? And as you know very well, many of these people are homeless, mental health mm-hmm. and addiction issues as well. On top of that, I mean, is there such thing as a safe place where we can sort of, you know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to, traumatize them, but how would you define a safe space? Because it's hard to get people to go, you go to this location, we don't get to see it, it's a safe place for you, and we don't want our kids to be looking at this stuff. Like, I don't know how you define that and how you enforce may not be the right word, or at least encourage people to to use drugs in a a place where we would be, as a society Mm -hmm. and a a community, uh, be, be acceptable to. It means that safe consumption sites need to be established where they aren't already. Again, if we are going to decriminalize these substances, we better make sure that we have somewhere where they can be used. So in smaller communities that don't have those set up, there is a responsibility on behalf of the health authorities to ensure that they put those things in place. So that's the next step where we say, where are the resources, where are the tools for communities to establish safe Spaces. In a community our size in Kamloops or those like you see down in the lower mainland, we already have safe consumption sites. So one of the difficulties is that primarily people were injecting before and now most people are smoking, are inhaling. So we have to make sure that we set those up with ventilation and all of those pieces, but it is critical that we establish that. Again, if we go back to where it's been successful in other countries, they did create those spaces ahead of time. There were treatment centers. There were ways for people who were ready to exit their addiction to receive the support and help that they needed. And that's what we need to start focusing on. We have been so busy working downstream and just surviving through this crisis that we have failed to go upstream to create solutions. So we just see it compounding. Um, And enforcement also means that we need to start targeting people who are selling these drugs, who are trafficking these drugs, who are feeding poison to people with an illness. That needs to be more effectively addressed as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, if the province didn't move in the direction that they say they're going to, in this case, Mr. Mm-hmm. E.B. is saying, look, there might be a provincial role for the province to play in here, uh, play here. Uh, do you see more municipalities just following the lead of Kamloops then? I sure hope so. I think that that is the very best way and how I framed it from the very beginning of the motion that I put on the table is that we can wait till we have resolutions at UBCM or, you know, these larger pieces and get the coordination or we can go grassroots on this one. And we're seeing the efficacy of that. And and that's not just for anything. It's something of this magnitude. You know, in your news report, they just talked about over 800 um, toxic drug deaths in this year alone, that is not acceptable. This is an emergency. And so uh, we need to speak loudly about it, and we need it now, and we need different solutions. And although they're complex, they are not impossible, and it's time for us to start doing them. Katie, thank you for your time today. 
Thank you. Really appreciate it.